Amen. Thank you, brother. All right, we welcome you to live streaming from Landmark Baptist Church in Lyons, Georgia. Um, turn in your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Jose. Jose, let's all stand. Now, I'm going to read a passage that I saw, uh, but I had, I had prepared this message before I saw it, but I saw Brother Joseph Sitters uh, quoted these same verses in one of his devotions that he, he quoted from the Word of God. And, uh, but I, I, was, I used this passage here, and I, I prepared this message last week, as a matter of fact. And uh, so anyway, uh, I want to read this uh, text for you. He says, in the 14th chapter of the book of Hosea, it says, O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. Take with you words, and turn to the Lord, say unto him, Take away all iniquity, and receive us graciously, so will we render the calves of our lips. As sure shall not save us, we will not ride upon horses, neither will we say any more to the work of our hands. Ye are, ye are our gods, for in thee the fatherless find, findeth mercy. I will heal their backslidings. I will love them freely, for mine anger is turned away from him. I will be as a dew unto Israel. He, he shall grow as a lily and cast forth his roots as, as Lebanon. His branches shall spread, and his beauty shall be as the olive tree, and his smell as Lebanon. They that dwell under his shadow shall return. They shall revive as the corn, and grow as a vine, and scent, there, and, and scent thereof shall be as the wine of Lebanon. Ephraim shall say, What have I to do any more with idols? I have heard him and observed him. I am like a green fig tree, I'm, I'm sorry, fir tree, for, for me is thy fruit found. Who is wise? And he shall understand these things. Prudent, and he shall know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the lust shall, shall walk in them. I'm sorry, the just shall walk in them, but the transgressors shall fall therein. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. Thank you for your word, Lord. And if it wasn't for your word, I wouldn't have anything to say. Lord, I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful that you have let me use it all these years, Lord. And I pray that if it's your will, that you'll continue to let me use it many more years, if that's your will to do so. And, Lord, I just pray in all things that you might be honored and glorified today. Go with those that have come here today, Lord. I pray that you'll bless them. I pray that they'll leave here today saying it was good to be in the house of the Lord once again. And I pray for those, for some reason, not here today, Lord. I pray that you'll see fit to bless them also, and Lord will send them back at the appointed time uh, later. For it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you. you. may be seated. The title of my message this morning is The Importance of Confession and Repentance. Now, I've been, I've been I guess some, some folks may say I've been harping on this for a while, but but I, I like to say I've been preaching on it uh, for a while about confession and repentance. That's the reason I prepared this message back, uh, as I say, last week. I prepared this message, and, and, and confession and repentance 
is an important thing. I know some people don't see the importance of it. Some people like to say, well, I'm saved and then let everything else go. It's easy. It's easy as all get out to say I'm saved. I've had people who have looked me right straight in the eye. And when I talk to them about the Lord, well, well, I'm saved. Everybody, let me tell you folks, 53 years ago, a lot of people did not know what it means when you say you're saved. This, this I, I'm saved has come along many years later. 54 years ago, uh, what people would say to you is you, you'll say, do you know the Lord is your Savior? They won't say, I, they didn't say I'm saved. They'll say, he died for me. And, and, but, you know, today it's so easy. It's so easy to get rid of somebody to say I'm saved. Well, you know, we, we have a thing here today that we, we can't pass judgment up on people. We can't do it. We can't pass judgment up on anyone. You can't say when someone says, well, I'm saved, and you sitting there knowing what kind of life they live and knowing how they are and what they do, you can't tell them, you can't say anything to them about, well, you know, you're probably not, because I've tried that. It, it makes people mad. People get angry when you do that. And so everybody has come for the, for the purpose of getting along, for the purpose of, of, of being friendly. Everybody said, well, that's just wonderful. As I had one person tell me one time, they said, I don't have anybody to witness to. I said, how come? Because everybody I work with is saved. And, and everybody I work with goes to church. And everybody I work with is saved. That's not necessarily true, folks. You sit down and talk to people. Find out what people mean when they say I'm saved. You, you, you want to get somebody to get angry with you, they'll get angry with you over that. That's the reason I like to preach it from the pulpit. I like to chip the chips and let them fall where they fall because of the fact is that uh, the most important thing, I feel the most important thing for us as God's children is to be able to confess and repent. Because that's what he tells what exactly what I just read to you. That's exactly what God told them here. Now, we serve a God who is loving and very kind to his children. God loves his children. If you're one of God's children today, he loves you with an eternal and everlasting love. He loves you to the hilt. He, he, he loves you. He loves you so much. That there is nothing, there is nothing that will come between his love for you and, 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 and come between him and his love for you. Nothing. All you gotta do is read the Romans, the, uh, uh, I believe it's the 10th chapter. I believe it is. May, may, I think it is. Anyway, that's all you gotta do is read it. It's in Romans. All you got to do is read it. And he said, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. It's Romans, the 8th chapter. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. There's not one thing. So if God loves you, he loves you. And he's always loved you ever since eternity. So, so he is a loving God and he is a kind God to his children. 
You know, if God, if, if God was to, you know, the Bible speaks, and I know some people don't put much, much, uh, much, uh, I guess you could say, faith in this, but there is a sin unto death. I, I don't care what, what was preached in this pulpit several years ago. Several years ago, it was preached in this pulpit at a Bible conference that God, that there's no such thing as a sin unto death. But there is a sin unto death. There is sin that if you commit it, then you're going to have to live with it the rest of your life because you can't do anything about it. You can't do anything about it. Now, if you, if you steal something from somebody, you can replace it fourfold. The Bible teaches that. If, 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 you, if you steal a man's cow, you can replace his cow. If, if you steal some somebody, that's retribution. But there are some sins that you commit that you cannot go back and, and pay retribution for them. The sin of adultery. You can't go back and pay restitution. You can't take it back. It's, it's already there. Many, many sins that we commit as children of God that we're going to have to live with the rest of our life, they're, they're, going, to, they're going to bear on our conscience. I think I saw where somebody, I believe Sister Care or somebody, put on our, thank God I've got a conscience. And, and, and certainly, folks, they can bear on your conscience for the rest of your life. I know, I, I know that that is true and that happens. But in, in all things, God loves his children and he is kind to his children and he does everything he can within his limits for his children. I want you to understand that. I want you to leave here today thinking that I preached a message to you that God doesn't love his children anymore when they sin. He does love them. He, he loves them when they, even when they sin. Many times they fall, and here, here's the key to it. Many times they fall from having fellowship with God their Father because of presumptuous sinning against him. It's something you don't want to do, folks. You don't want to break fellowship with God. If you got good fellowship with God, you don't want to break that fellowship. You don't. I tell you, when I when I say my prayers before I go to sleep at night, you know, there's one thing that I say. I say, God, I know you're out there, and I know you're listening. I'm not saying that because I'm trying to make myself feel better. I'm saying that because... I know it's true. I know it's true. I know God is out there, and I know He's listening. And 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 that's a great that's a great fellowship with God when you know that. But just like the lady told me several years ago, she said, "I prayed to God, and I prayed to God, and I prayed to God, and I prayed to God. Where is God? Where is God? Where is He? I prayed to Him. I prayed to Him. I prayed to Him. It seems like He's not there." Well, that's the person that's out of fellowship with God. When we're out of fellowship with God, then, then that, that's a terrible thing. We know there is always, we as God's children, know always hope that there is hope of getting back into fellowship with him. We can get back into fellowship with him. That's exactly what he's telling Israel here. He's telling Israel here, he said, you can get back in fellowship with me. But you're going to have to confess your sins. You're going to have to repent of them before you can do it. 
the hope of the hope of every of ever getting back in fellowship is important. You know, you don't want to be out of fellowship with God. You don't want to be to where you don't want to go to God anymore because you're out of fellowship with Him. You're getting to you get to where you don't want to pray anymore because you don't believe that God's listening to you. You know, you don't want to get like that. You don't want to get in that shape, and people do get in that shape. They get in that condition where they, they, don't, they don't even want to pray anymore. They, they, they don't want to pray to God anymore because they, they feel that God is not listening to them, and he may not be. God told Israel, he said, O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. Fallen from what? Not from grace. Fallen from what? Not, not, not from being saved. But you have fallen because of your fellowship with God. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, we don't, I'm not going over there because it's almost a whole chapter on it. The Bible says in Isaiah that because of their iniquities, these same people that Jose is talking about, because of their iniquities, God has turned their face upon them. That's found in the book of Isaiah. God has turned his face from them. Who else did God turn his face from? He turned his face from his own son. And that's when Jesus said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? God, God turned his, his face upon his own son, but I'm thankful he did because... Jesus was dying for me so that God would look my way. So, so that God would be looking my way. So I have this privilege of prayer. I have this privilege of going to, to the Lord's house and worshiping him. I have this privilege so much so. God calls his children to confession and repentance in many ways. And I, I, I brought out part of this Wednesday night. Sometimes he does it through his word. Sometimes he does it through his servants preaching his word. And sometimes he does it through a still small voice of the Holy Spirit. God has different ways of calling his children back. God has different ways of calling. And, and you, you need to listen for that call. If you sinned against God, you need to listen for that call. I promise you it will come. I, I you know... I'm, I'm telling you right now, I would sweat blood tears, uh, blood sweat, if I thought that for one moment God didn't, God wouldn't listen to me anymore. Now, I know I've done some terrible things in my life. I've done some terrible things before I was saved. I've done some terrible things after I'm saved. But if I ever realized that God wasn't listening to me, then then I would be a terribly uh, uh, hurt individual. <clears throat> what are the consequences of sin against God? Well, He is still our God, even when we have sinned against Him by lusting after the gods of the world. He's still our God. He, he's uh, the people's not here today. Wherever they are, He's still their God. He's still their God. He's still their God. Everywhere you go, whatever you do, if you're a saved person, he's still your God. 
God doesn't get out of fellowship with us, we get out of fellowship with him. God doesn't backslide, we backslide. God is the same place he was when we were saved. It's not God that gets away from us, it's us that get away from God. And we're, we're, we're very good at that. Do we really know that when we presumptuously, that is by planning sin against God, that we automatically get out of fellowship with him? Go, go to the 10th chapter of the book of, uh, of Hebrews. You'll find it. God talks about there in the 10th chapter, he talks about what it means to get out of fellowship with God. He says once they, once a person presumptuously sin, he says there is no more sacrifice for that sin. You know, I tell you, we get out of fellowship with God. <clears throat> he will hide his face from us as he did his only begotten son. He will hide his face from us. Do we know that we must be the one who must get back in fellowship with him if we are to find peace in prayer and happiness again in serving the Lord? Do we know this? Do we know it's up to us? It's not up to the preacher to try to get you back in fellowship. It's not up to me. I have enough trouble getting myself back in fellowship with God. When, when, I, when I get out of fellowship with God. It happens. It happens. I'm not sitting here telling you that it doesn't happen because it happens. It does. There is only one way of getting back into fellowship with God, and that is that we must confess our sin and repent of our sin, and God will put us back in fellowship with himself. He'll reconcile us to him. God does not have to reconcile himself to us. We must reconcile ourselves to him. If you're here in loss today, the only way you're going to reconcile yourself to God is to trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. The only way you're going to get in fellowship with God if you're lost today is to trust the Lord as your Savior. The only way it's going to happen. Listen to this. When Thomas decided... He was not going to go to the services when the Lord appeared. Thomas, Thomas chose, Thomas chose not to go to church that Sunday. Thomas chose not to go to church that Sunday. It wasn't, it wasn't Jesus sneaked up on him. Thomas chose not to go to church that Sunday. When he came back the next week, he had to go up to the Lord, and what did he have to do? Beg for forgiveness. In other words, Lord, I didn't know you were going to be there. He had to beg for forgiveness. Jesus said unto him, Reach thither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach thither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. Thomas was in a state of unbelief. Yeah, you say, can I, as one of God's children, get in a state of unbelief? You sure can. 
by rejecting the things of God, by rejecting the truth of God, you can, you can sure get in a state of unbelief. I just don't believe those things. I, I know, I know they're in the Bible. I've had people tell me that for many years. I know these things are in the Bible, but I just don't do them. I just don't do them. If you, if you know those things are in the Word of God, if, and I've told our people over the years, I've told our people, I said, if you ever see me or ever hear of me not teaching, teaching something that is not the truth out of the Word of God, you, you, you quit listening to me because I'm not worth, I'm not worth the, the salt it takes to keep me going. The Lord told Thomas, Thomas went up to the Lord, and the first thing the Lord said, Thomas, put your finger and feel my hands. Thomas, take your hand and, 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 and put it into my side. Don't be faithless, Thomas. Be believing. Just because Thomas missed one service. One service. One service. Because Thomas chose to be somewhere else when the Lord when, when the house of the Lord was meeting. That's the that's the key to it right there. There's one thing for sure. The Lord did not have to restore Thomas. But Thomas was as far as God was concerned, Thomas was a backslider. Thomas was, Thomas as a backslider, an unbeliever just, be, and an unbeliever just because he missed a church service. Because he missed a church service. He was an unbeliever. People don't think nothing about missing nowadays. It's just a common thing. Common thing. Somebody says, let's go here, I'm going to go with them. It's not important to be in church on the Lord's day. It's not important to be in the church when the church meets. Well, just go. What is the remedy? Well, I'm going to say this. If that don't wake them up, then nothing will. Because I'm going to tell you the way, way the Lord treated Thomas. He didn't treat Thomas as being some poor pitiful a believer who had just done something they shouldn't have done and, and had all everybody to back him. All Everybody said, it's all right, Thomas. It's okay, Thomas. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Everything will be fine. Everything will be fine. Just trust the Lord. Everything will be fine. Jesus didn't look at it like that. Jesus didn't look at it. It was fine that Thomas wasn't there the very week that he came to church showed up what is the remedy of sinning against God when we go to the Lord with prayer praise and open confession and repenting he has promised us many things here's what he said what he said to Israel he said I will heal their backsliding verse 4 I will heal their backsliding I will love them freely for mine anger is turned away from him, that is, verse 4, and I will be as a dew unto Israel, verse 5, 
Jehovah God said his branch, his branches shall spread, and his beauty shall be as the olive tree, and, and his smell is Lebanon. Why, they even smell bad. Not, on, not only did they get away from God, but they even smelled bad. He said, I'll change your smell. He said, I'll make you smell better. Is it not a wonderful thing to have brethren in unity? And it's not a wonderful thing to be able to meet with people and enjoy it and be thankful? It's, that's a wonderful thing. That's a wonderful thing in our life to be able to do that. Wonderful thing. He will cause a sinning child to throw away his idols and become a fruit bearer for the Lord again. Who is wise? Who in here is wise today? Who in here is wise? Who is wise? And he shall understand these things. Prudent. And he shall know them. That's wisdom. The, the James told him, said, if, if you need wisdom, go to the Lord and he'll give it to you. It's not wise. It's not wise to get out of fellowship with God. It's not wise to go against something God has taught in his word. Not a wise thing to do. It's not wise. I say, if one is wise, he will understand these things. The ways of the Lord are right, and the just shall walk in them, but the transgressor shall fall in them. Verse 9. What he said down in verse 9. The transgressor, transgressor shall fall therein. Not, not maybe. Not possibly. But he will. He will. He'll fall right in. He, he, he's, he's fallen. What, what, do you think the, what do you think the Bible means when it talks about a great falling away before the coming of the Lord? That's what it's talking about. It's talking about people won't have any joy anymore. They won't have any peace anymore. They won't have any joy serving the Lord and, 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 and doing what the Lord would have them do. They don't have any joy anymore. I remember a time, and, and I've just, you all just happen to have an old preacher that's been preaching for a long time. I mean, you get some of these young preachers, they're not going to tell you much because they haven't seen much. But you take an old preacher who has seen a time when people love to be in God's house. We had a building there in Cynthiana that would hold probably... 85, well, it wouldn't hold that many because we had that many. We had to set out, they had to set up in the other parts of the church building. And not only, not only did you, did, was, that, was that building crammed, that's the reason when Brother Tony Vance went there, they had to, they had to come up with something else because they didn't have room to put the people. 
But let me tell you something else. Those people were at church half hour, 45 minutes, and even some of them an hour early. Even Rhonda thinks that's the craziest thing ever was. Rhonda can tell you those people be there, that building would be full before the preacher ever got up to preach. Before they ever sung the first song. Because people love to go to the house of God. They love to be in the house of God. We had a man and a wife in, 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 the, in the church up there had 21 children, Emily. 21 children. You don't like being pregnant twice? Had 21 children. And we had a special meeting one time. We had to put a tent outside because we didn't have enough room for the people. We put a tent out in the churchyard. And I told brother, the brother that, that had the 21 children, I said, won't you get your family to come to church? He said, you still haven't got enough room for my family. I said, well, how many grandchildren you got? He said, I don't know. He said, I got a bunch of them. I said, how many great-grandchildren you got? He was 80-something years old. I said, how many great-grandchildren you got? He said, I got a bunch of them. I said, where do they live? He said, I don't know. He said, I can't tell you today where they all live. He said, if I wanted to go see them, he said, I couldn't tell you where they live. 21 children. He was 85 years old, so you imagine how old his children were. He said, I can't find them. But he said, I do know this. He said, with that tent out there in this building here, you haven't got enough room to... That tent would seat over 300 people. People used to love to go to church. They used to love being in the house of God. As I preached a couple of months ago, and I'm going to use it again today before I close, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, that's repentance. Confession is when you seek after his face. Repentance is turned from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive them their sin and will heal their land. Second Chronicles 7 and verse 14. I preached on that a couple of months ago. Very clear, very simple instructions. Let me warn all of you today, all of you here, all of you right out there, pointing right at that little thing. We want all of you out there today. There is a lot of confusion. There is a lot of confusion on this subject today. That is a subject of confession and repentance. A lot of confusion on it. Some people say, well, I, I just do general confession. That's not what this is talking about. He wasn't talking about general confession. He told them, he said, you, you want to get back with me? You're going to have to confess your sins. You're going to have to repent of them. He said, I'm not going to heal a thing until you do. 
that me warn all of you today, you cannot take, make your own rules or, or let others make your rules for you and expect God to accept them. You can't do it. You, you say, well, I, I, I live my life as I want to live it. You can't make your own rules. You can't make them. You can't make your own rules. You can't say, this is the way I want to do it. I don't care what anybody says, this is the way I want to do it. You can't make your own rules. You have to go by the rules of the Word of God. And when the Bible says you need to confess your sin and repent of them, that's what it means. It, it, does, it doesn't mean that, that you have to say, as some people do, well, I ask the Lord every day. I confess my sins every day to the Lord in a general sense. Now, I like it when people says, well, if I have sinned, then I, I, I confess all of them to my, in my general confession. No, none of you in here have a general relationship with God. Your relationship with God is a personal one. It's not a general thing. It's a person. No one can, can sit down and pray for their whole family. You know, I remember one time a preacher preached on, he said at least, he said, I'm, I'm glad when people come to church, but he said, if I have a Sunday with not very many people there, at least they send one person there to represent them. That's, that's just stupid. You know, one person can't come and represent 40 people or 30 people. And even right here, what I'm doing right now, preaching, this live streaming, you can't listen to that and represent a bunch of people. If you listen to that, then you're, you're, you're representing yourself and you're responsible. It's a personal thing. All right, let's all stand if you would. And let's be dismissed in prayer.